Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Obicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you less insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Now, 2022 certainly poses challenges and we're going to take a look back at it in this week's episode as I'm joined by Sheep Specialists Michael Gostin and Damien Costello. We start off with Michael looking back at 2022 and some of the challenges posed. We discuss how some farms are better able to adapt to these challenges and what made the systems more resilient. Damien discusses some of the key tasks they need to complete in early 2023 to set farms up for the coming season. Both Michael and Damien finished the episode encouraging producers to seek out advice where needed to help the farm business during the coming season. Look, it's been a very interesting 12 months. It's been a challenge in 12 months. We've seen a lot of external challenges in the system. We've seen input costs rise significantly right across the board. It's also been a year where we've seen new schemes coming in and different opportunities within, in the sheep sector. It's perhaps a good time maybe to reflect back on the last 12 months. And Michael, I might start with you first. Like We've seen the external challenges there. There's been internal challenges on farms as well, depending on the part of the country you've been in with drought and different things. If it's the local farms that were better able to deal with some of those challenges, more resilient farms, what do you think the couple of things that differentiates them that handled the last 12 months better? You know, this year that gone by, we would have seen very strong lamb prices again, similar to 2022, maybe maybe not as high as some people wanted them to be. Um, but but certainly, I, I, I suppose what we did see is a huge huge increase in input costs and in particular um, fertilizer, um, animal feed, fuel, diesel and things like that, electricity and, and those were contractor costs and obviously uh, and plastic kind of came on from those or increased energy costs. So look at it's 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 been a somewhat uh, difficult year from that point of view in terms of input costs and I suppose the people that are are best able to weather that are, are people who have built some level of resilience into their into their system. So I suppose just in terms of, of the kind of key areas and people, I suppose, who, who are probably best placed to to manage that would be, number first, I suppose, people with a very good uh, breeding program, you know, a well-defined breeding program aimed at, at producing, um, you know, productive sheep. Um, so we'd say yours that are more prolific have, have, have more lambs, wean more lambs, but are also good at rearing those lambs, you know, flocks that had a, a consistent breeding program and replacement um, policy, even in terms of numbers, and were able to basically get rid of, of um, non-productive yields because we had very, very strong coal yield prices in the last couple of years. Um, so they got rid of the prob- problem yield. So every everybody that was every sheep that was on the farm was 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 a productive, or almost all of them were were, were productive or more productive, I suppose. And, and that's very important, I suppose, in terms of of, of um, reducing our cost of production because it costs as much to keep a non-productive yield as it does a productive yield. Um, the next area then, I suppose, which was where we saw the, the biggest price increase of them all was on the fertilizer side of things. So, you know, we need fertilizer to grow grass, to grow silage, to keep up our soil fertility. And I suppose, again, the people who were best placed here were people who had invested in in that area in the past. So people who had spent money on lime and had soils with good pH. So we know that the pH is is one of the you know first limiting factors in terms of driving grass growth. So in suboptimal pH soils. So people who had spent the money in lime over the last number of years, lime is something that it takes a while to get it out and build it up. Um, 
and also the whole area of P's and K's, people who had invested in in building up the P and K profiles in their in their um, swars, they were better placed to make do with a lot less fertilizer to take P and K holidays, um, you know, and would have have grown as much grass as they possibly could with, 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 with less nitrogen because everything else was kind of in balance. Also, I suppose farmers who have reseeded in the past who had more productive swords, and in particular, people who invested in clover. So we, we know that clover um, supplies nitrogen. Basically, it takes the nitrogen out of the air, fixes it into a form of, of nitrate that the, the grass can, can utilize, um, and it's free fertilizer. Okay, it takes a little bit of management um, to, to manage it and to make sure it stays there. Uh, but certainly people who were well known that road were more resilient in terms of their the impact that fertilizer price increases um, would have had on them. Like, And then I suppose the next area that is very, very important and that we see, you know, a, a need for improvement on a lot of farms here would be the whole area about infrastructure, in particular around fencing. You know, people who had their grassland areas well set up, that they were able to control stock, move stock around, manage the grass quality um, as best they could. So in terms of if paddocks were going too strong, they were in a position to be able to skip them, take them out of silage, um, you know, have a lead or follower system where lambs were going ahead maybe and the yos were running behind them cleaning up. Um, I suppose in those situations, um, those people would have been, again, less in affected by the input costs rises because they would have been able to grow more grass with less uh, by making use of, of that infrastructure that they had. That doesn't mean that they're they're not affected by it, I suppose, but they're less affected. The investment end of it, something we spoke about at the beginning of the year, there's good investments, there's maybe some more questionable ones, but there's investments where you get a quick payback on your money. Like you touched on some of them there, the lime, the soil fertility, infrastructure, they're a rapid payment back. Even in times of money is tight, you get paid for them within that season. There's still something really that we aren't probably looking at enough on cheap farms. Yeah, absolutely. Look at it. And, and I suppose, you know, farmers who, who have put in place the investments are obviously best placed to, to make use of them. I suppose the challenge with some of these things is that it takes a little bit of time for them to, to take effect. It takes a time for them to... To, to be developed and, 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 and to be funded. And look at, I suppose, the farmers who, who have that on the ground, who have the fencing, who have the, you know, the good handling facilities, who have the fields reseeded and have the soil fertility right. You know, when fertilizer prices, um, you know, go up, I suppose, they are best placed to, to grow more grass with less than people who don't find themselves in that situation, aren't able to control the grazing aren't able to, um, you know, grow as much grass without, without, without putting in fertilizer. The other area, I suppose, um, Kieran, which is very important, I suppose, and which, which helps build resilience is people who engage with the services. And there's lots of services out there, everybody from, you know, the Department of Agriculture in terms of our schemes and things like that that are there um, to your vet, to your, your uh, region veterinary lab or, or, you know, private labs. Um, the advisory service as well. So people who make use of, of the services that are available there and take on board that advice and implement it. And I suppose lastly, Kieran, the one area I suppose that we would have put a lot of effort into uh, last autumn, this time 12 months ago and, and early in the spring would have been the whole area around budgeting. You know, people who would have put in place a budget, in particular fertilizer budgets, 
you know, and, and maybe feed budgets um, to, to see, you know, what could they afford and how best would that money be spent? Okay, so for, you know, take for example, a farmer who normally was spending six or 7,000 euros on fertilizer um, in a year, that fertilizer, that the same fertilizer was probably costing very, very close to kind of, you know, 16, 17,000 um, uh, in the year gone by. So that was that was a big price increase, and obviously a lot of farms weren't able to to shoulder that that cost, and most farms didn't. You know, we see that from the National Farm Survey, fertilizer uh, um, usage was significantly down on sheep farms. Um, so the people who basically decided, okay, this is how much money I have, and how best do I spend that, were probably people who had were most resilient in terms of the impact that that fertilizer cost increase was going to have on, on their farm and still many, being able to grow as much grass as possible. Michael, this is something we discussed before, and even the exercise of actually sitting down and looking where the money is spent, how much you're spending, and maybe cutting back in certain areas. Like, I think it'd be fair to say we didn't see as big a drop-off in production as we might have expected. Some of that usage might not necessarily always be necessary. Yeah, look, what I, uh, I think... You're very correct, and we had, I suppose, also a very kind spring, and we had a good bit of fodder left over on a lot of farms. So, you know, we were somewhat lucky as well, I suppose, with the weather, but certainly an awful lot of people, um, in particular people who were well set up, actually realized that they were able to, with, with management and, you know, better better use of paddocks and fencing and taking out, out paddocks that were going too strong, were actually able to grow an awful lot of grass um, with a lot less fertilizer than they heretofore would have thought that they could do. You know, so people, there, there was a good bit of learning there as well. Um, and I suppose, look at the other area that we did see um, is a, a reduced feed usage. You know, so, okay, there was quite a bit of, of, of extra feed usage up until uh, in the first half of the year, but certainly in the second half of the year, feed usage declined significantly on sheep farms. Those are National Farm Survey figures. Um, and, you know, some people were, were able to maintain drafting um, rates and by, you know, managing grass better and parasite control and all of those different types of things. Um, and, and for some people, it just ended up that lambs didn't drive as well and they ended up with lighter lambs, poor performance. And I suppose that's not what resilience is about. That's basically people who took a hit um, by virtue of the fact that they didn't buy the meal, but also lost significantly in terms of animal performance. And I suppose that's what we were trying to avoid, like by putting in place budgets and things like that. I think if I stand back and look at this, one of the differences we've seen too is probably how, and you've touched on this a number of times, Mike, how do you react to the different challenges? And Damien, I might bring you in at this point. Like, look, we're then the one year, we're kind of heading into the start for another one, and it's a busy time on farms. If we're to look at maybe what the, are the couple of things we can do now to set ourselves up better for next year? Like we have a couple of key things coming up, scanning and other ways coming up. How do we go about setting ourselves up better for next year? What are a couple of key tasks? Yeah, yeah exactly, Karen. And uh, as Michael mentioned there, I suppose, uh, with with maybe less fertilizer applied on a lot of sheep farms um, in 2022, um, we're anecdotally hearing, I suppose, that, that there are farms, we said, that maybe went into the autumn with a little bit less uh, grass covers than they would normally have in a, in a typical year. And maybe finding themselves running short of grass uh, a little bit earlier, maybe having to consider housing. So, you know, if, if grass supply is not adequate at this time of the year, it's really important to maintain uh, your body condition uh, in mid-pregnancy, uh, particularly if, if you're having more weather conditions as well. So, you know, action needs to be taken if, if the grass supply is not adequate. Um, so 
you know, if, you, if you, yours that are starting to lose body condition at this stage, they, they need to be supplemented with forage outdoors or, or housed uh, fairly soon uh, and offer them, you know, good quality silage to, to maintain or even slightly build their body condition. So a good option, I suppose, at this time is to is to handle your yours um, for body condition, uh, separate out the thinner yours um, if you don't want to house all your sheep uh, just yet, uh, maybe housing the thinner yours. And, and putting the giving the, the best quality silage you you have available um to, to uh, and you your, your remaining yours can be used into to clean off uh, any remaining grass that's that's available um if you have a group of thinner yours again i suppose you can possibly consider as well there will be a little bit of a cost to it but uh, starting to feed concentrates a little bit earlier to this group um, and again look at under no circumstances we always talk about closing up your 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 paddocks uh, during the autumn but don't be tempted to go back in and graze paddocks that are already closed because that grass will be far more valuable to you uh, next spring you're really trying to reduce some of the problems you're going to hit at Lamington, Damien, by dealing with those tin reels at this stage. Absolutely, and as you said, there starting starting in time is is the um, is the key really uh, before before it becomes a, a, an issue. Uh, I suppose that we mentioned that the the, the tin yews, I suppose maybe it just reminded me there too. Um, the the Department of Agriculture and Food uh, Regional Veterinary Labs in association with Chagas, uh, they're carrying out a study at the minute focusing on identifying the causes. Of, of poor body condition score in, in Irish sheep. So, um, you know, a lot of the times, you know, tenuous can be explained by, you know, broken mouths or chronic lameness or these type of issues. But where there's no obvious uh, reason for it, um, it certainly merits investigation. And I suppose um, with scanning time and that coming up, um, if you were in a position that you, you suspected that you may have some underlying uh, condition, um, it might be a, a good time to to uh, to contact the regional veterinary lab um, to to submit um, two or three uh, ten yos that you, you you can't really have any explanation for, and they will uh, euthanize them and do a post mortem. Um, and you know it, it it's a very cost of, uh, effective method of screening your flock for the presence of of these so called iceberg diseases. So it's just something to bear in mind at, at scanning time if you have. Uh, a few of these very thin yews that haven't proved in lamb, and that it 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 could be worth considering to to uh, to take part in this thin yew survey. As Michael has touched on, making use of that OVL journey, or like dealing with flock health issues or identifying what the problems are, is always generally a good bit of advice, Damien. Uh, for sure, definitely, Karen. Yeah, yeah. Damien, you touched on the feed there. Like concentrate cost has gone up a lot. Is there any potential concentrate saving? Like we talk a lot about silage tests and that. Will it make that big of a difference? It will. I mean, again, um, look at your, your silage analysis is the first step uh, when you're talking about planning your, your winter feed. Um, you know, and for, for any silage analysis, I suppose, report is only as good as the sample that's, ta- that's taken. So it's important that you, you take a representative sample if you're talking about uh, pit silage that you're taking from multiple sites, either on the, the surface or the face of the pit. Um, a lot of pits are open at this stage anyway, so in most cases you'll be taken from a number of different sites, uh, boring into the pit a little bit and, and taking a, a good representative fresh sample. Um, on sheep farms, I suppose, silage bales are, are commonly fed and they, they usually come from uh, very various different areas of the farm, different cutting dates and growth stages. They can be surplus bales. Uh, so it's important that when you are storing those bales that you've identified the different batches. So you probably need uh, two or three samples um, or a, a sample per batch, ideally, really, um, 
to to, um, to to get an accurate representation. So again, for you know, for for people that need to further information, I suppose on submitting a site, taking and submitting a silage sample, talk to their, their local child risk advisor. And the idea would be, I suppose, that again you could target uh, the, the highest feed value silage you have uh, to the O's. Um, and again, that we mentioned, if these these ten group of yours that you posed a little bit earlier, if you have a uh, high feed value silage, you can certainly target towards them. But it's the starting point in terms of um, your 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 concentrate feeding plan. And I mean, there's substantial savings to be made feeding kind of mid seventy five. We say seventy five DMD silage versus sixty to sixty five. There's you know the, there's substantial savings to be made there. Look, if we move outside of the nutrition side of it for a moment and we look at the plan ahead for the year Michael touched on a couple of things there about soil fertility about setting up the farm those are tasks Damien we can really look at at this stage of the year for somebody who hasn't done it already Absolutely uh, again as you say soil sampling um, if you haven't current uh, if you haven't current uh, soil samples um, it's a good time of the year to um, to take your soil, your soil samples it's a good, couple, good few months have passed now since people would have been applying uh, fertilizer or, or slurry so you'll get a, a fairly a true re- reading at this time of the year or early in the new year um, again if you have current soil samples uh, having them taken and everything is one thing but acting the, on them uh, is another thing and as, as Michael mentioned earlier um, you know li- liming getting your lime status right is the first step and again provided the soil conditions are suitable um, you know early in the new year is, 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 is an ideal time to get, get some lime out and even look at the end of the year, it's always a good opportunity maybe to look back at the finances, where the costs were in the system, like Michael mentioned about doing budgets. It's no harm to take a recap of how well the system was performed either. Absolutely, yeah. And again, um, as always, we say at this time of the year, um, the Chagas e-profit monitor is a very useful tool um, in terms of re- reviewing your performance. And, you know, particularly in, in the year that's gone where... where um, Costs of feed and fertilizer have have, uh, have gone up dramatically, um, you know. So it is it is a good time, and again, get, get, getting 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 that put together and getting the information together for your advisor to to input into the system. Uh, and again, the more accurately the more accurately that's done, uh, you know, the, the more reliable your 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 analysis can be. So, um, and again, the, the earlier you get it done in the new year, the better because. Um, it's it's about acting on it. Then, if there's if there's if there's areas such as you know concentrated feeding or particular areas you need to to focus in on on reducing your costs, um, you know you need to know you need that information as soon as you can. It, it can provide a bit of clarity around some decisions. Sometimes it can be a bit eye opening too, you know, where the money is actually going to in the system. And uh, look, I mentioned at the very top. We've seen a lot of new schemes this year. Certainly, some of them are more relevant to sheep producers than others. Um, sheep improvement scheme, Damien, been one of those. That's right. Yeah, the the sheep improvement scheme. I know you've covered it uh, on a previous episode with Michael. Uh, the the deadline is the 9th of January. Um, and again, it, the application. There's no paper application for this uh, scheme this time. It must be completed online. Um, it's it's a new scheme. It's it's a, a separate scheme to the sheep welfare scheme. So there's there's no rollover of applications or anything like that. So a new application is required by everybody. Um, so the the deadline, as I said, is the 9th of January. Uh, it will come in fast after the the Christmas break. Um, applicants can submit their own on their on their ag food account if they're familiar with the the ag food portal. But uh, 
their advisor or consultant can also su- submit on their behalf. So again, look, we'd be encouraging all sheep farmers that uh, you know it's, it's it's a payment of of twelve euro per year. Uh, there's a number of tasks obviously to to be undertaken and to 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 qualify for the scheme. But again, a lot of these tasks, as we see them, are are things that that farmers are doing anyway. So um, you know if they're if they're getting paid, they're, they're twelve euro euros per year for for completing uh, work or tasks that they're already doing. Um, you know, I think all, all, all sheep farmers should should seriously consider uh, getting 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 their application in by the, the, the 9th of January deadline. Look, that, that's coming over the next five years, so it's going to have an impact on, on a number of seasons. Look, if we're to maybe just look at what outlook looks like for the coming year, um, and what opportunities are, what some of the challenges on the horizon are, what do you see the biggest areas that are going to affect sheep farmers next year? Michael, I'll throw this one over to you. I suppose we've had a kind of, uh, or people in the economy section have have had a, a look at this, I suppose, Kieran, and uh, it's called a kind of a situation and outlook conference there that kind of happens where, where they look at the, the, the year gone by and they also kind of look at the year going forward and I, I suppose look at the, the outlook, I suppose, in terms of, of you know, the value of lamb and uh, the amount of lamb the farmers sell as a whole, we'd say nationally, it's estimated to be to be up by about two percent. So a marginal increase in in output la- uh, value predicted. So I suppose that's slightly positive. Um, in terms of of cost increases, um, they're, they're looking at at uh, basically uh, around a one percent increase in 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 total costs, but but. That's that's I suppose a rise in the price of things, but I suppose in, and also an increase in input spend um, of about four percent. So, all in all, what what it looks like is that kind of a margin will be down about one percent. So, not not a big um, change I suppose on on this year. Um, you know, still relatively strong output prices, but still very very high um, input prices. You know, in particular fertilizer and and feed and i suppose look at the, the, there's a hope um that uh, feed prices will start f- falling or coming coming back when when the, the next harvest comes about um i think fuel prices uh, also the, the, the thinking on those is that that they're, they're going to start easing back a little bit as well maybe but um certainly i suppose fertilizer is still going to be very very challenging and for people going into the shed this this winter, I suppose feed prices are very high, and a lot of of yours going into sheds now and in the coming weeks and month or so will be fed concentrates at a price that is significantly higher than what people have probably ever paid for concentrates. Um, so still challenging times. Um, you know, input costs still high. I suppose the silver lining on, on the story is that our our output prices or the value of of, of sheep meat are still high, maybe not as high as people would like them to be. Um, but I mean, relative to where they were a couple of years ago, um, they are significantly up. And I suppose we would be in a, a much more precarious situation if we were looking at kind of 2019, 2020 um, output prices and 2022 input costs, the situation would be, you know, very, very different. Look, as a challenge in your head, and one thing you did mention there was about engagement and services. It's all like 
we, we can underestimate the benefit of actually discussing the problems in time, seeking out advice, and maybe just, just talking through everyone's own farm situation where they do see problems or bottlenecks occurring on the farm. Yeah, look at and a new pair of eyes around the place is always, um, you know, will pick up ideas and and ways to do things better, more effectively, cheaper, you know. And that's that's not just your advisor; it could be somebody from your local merchant or your co-op. It could be your vet. It could, you know, there's lots of people out there. Um, your accountant having a look at your accounts and maybe making suggestions based on where you have been here before. Um, you know, definitely budgeting. Budgeting is 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 quite important. You know, a lot of people maybe drive on and um, buy the same thing as what they bought last year, get a, a big fright then at the end of the year when the bills come and have to be discharged. So look at, like we see everything is going up, you know, the, the veterinary medicines are going up, the, the feed, the fertilizer. So it's just about having a, a, a kind of a look at maybe where we're at. Do we need all of these inputs? Is there ones we can cut back on? Are there cheaper inputs we can buy? For example, you know, could we buy protected urea instead of maybe you know, can, big saving there in terms of money, big saving there in terms of the environment. Would we spend a bit of money on lime rather than spending it on somewhere else? You know, big uh, big savings there in terms of extra grass being grown by that lime. You know, if we spend a bit of money on a bit of wire, maybe, instead of spending it on concentrate feed and manage our grass better, would we finish lambs, you know, off grass with less meal going into them? You know, I mean, John Doyle, who used to be a participant in our Better Farm program from down in Wexford, he famously coined the phrase that, he never, he never thought that you could grow grass with wire. And what he was getting at really is that once he started splitting up his grazing area, he was growing twice as much grass just by preventing the sheep from going back in and grazing over the areas that they'd already grazed and being able to better manage that area. So look, at there are options out there. You know, there's nobody, I suppose, that can't make some improvements. And I suppose for the coming year, um, it's not a doom and gloom story. Uh, it's 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 as challenging, I suppose, as this year was in terms of input cost, uh, input co- uh, prices, and I suppose it's up to people to see where they can make savings, and then on the output side, maybe to look and see how can they maximise the value of what they're selling. You know, so if that's people selling store lambs, you know, how can they present them better? Maybe have them a little bit heavier by managing the grass a bit better and things like that. Managing your nutrition better in late pregnancy. Um, you know, for lowland farmers, it's maybe, you know, finishing more lambs off grass, maybe t- taking them to a little bit of a higher weight or, or whatever. So there are options there that people need to look at. Um, maybe making better quality silage and reducing the amount of meal we have to feed. So look, at, there's lots of options. Um, out there, there's no magic bullet that's going to make it, you know, make these input prices um, drop drastically. But I mean, there are options for people and there's lots of help out there. We certainly here and we'll be doing an awful lot on, on in, in, in the Chagask uh, area in terms of we have upcoming conferences, we have webinars, we have your weekly podcast, we have the newsletters, uh, we have our Chagask Daily and all of those um, outputs give people timely technical advice tips and tricks as how to do things better um, and cheaper and um, more efficiently yeah just to add to that kieran as michael said there people should uh, avail of these events when they're when they're particularly when they're in their area and not to be afraid to come up and and, and chat to us and, and uh, talk to us and, and uh, hopefully we'll be in a position to to uh, to, to to guide you on, on on whatever issues you might have on, on your farm Gentlemen, look, thanks very much for your time. Busy year ahead for us all, I think, and we're looking forward to it. Thanks again for coming on with me today. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you.
Okay, we're going to leave it there for this week's episode. Again, for any updates from our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chalker Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tune in to future episodes.